So what do you think about the? You also talked about this a little, just about the art style and direction and everything. Do you want to maybe describe a few memorable or beautiful moments where the art really stood out? One of the classics is just a fight scene between Zuko and Azula. Oh, that it yes. is. I mean, when I first watched it, I was just completely awed. Yes, you're just mesmerized by how beautiful it is. So context, it's so Azula fights with blue flames. I forgot、mm. the significance of that. I think it's a. Burns hotter than normal flames, which again to、so, show us a lot of insight about who she is. Okay, hotter flames. Azula fights with blue flames, and Azuko fights with red flames. And that scene where they are all going full out because fire is not like earth, right? It's not like air. It's not like water. When you fight, it's very dramatic. Very. And with the comet backing them. Yes. The- Oh, you're right. Ampli- amplified power. It's just beautifully done animation. Like fight scenes in general, they're fast paced, and there's a lot of action going on. So the requirements for animation are very high.、Mm-hmm. But that scene is so well done. It's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. And plus, I guess the sound effects, the the somber music. Yes. Sounds. <laughs> 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 Ingrained in my memory, burned. <laughs> I think moments that also leave a huge impression are like entering the Avatar state,、mm. combined with music.、Mm. Those are always very the hint of the otherworldly are always portrayed well, and they leave an impact. Very much.、So. Yes. I guess if it's just for the art, I remember one scene when they're. Walking in the desert,、mm-hmm. I think we just only see the really small silhouettes, and we see the very black shadows、ah. of the and the red dunes yes, that that just looked super pretty.、Mm-hmm. And also,、um, I think there was one scene in the Avatar and the Fire Lord where、uh, the the humans are also quite small. They're、mm-hmm. walking on this balcony or something, and and you kind of only see their silhouettes, and it's a sunset.、Mm-hmm. A very colorful sky behind them, just also kind of a cinematic shot, and just very pretty. <laughs> yes, there are a lot of beautiful scenes. Like they,、yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of wonky scenes. For example, when like Sokka eats, drinks the cactus juice, <laughs> <laughs> and he starts having fever dreams and hallucinations. <laughs> It's like there's a lot of funny moments, but like just. The Western Air Temple,、mm-hmm. the fight scenes, like what you say, the moments where all you, like the way they draw it, you are awed by nature and how small humans are in comparison.、Mm-hmm. Or even in the tunnel, the secret, secret tunnel, tunnel. <laughs> secret tunnel. <laughs> It's the moment when the lights go off. Oh, and then you see the glowing stones in the cave. That is also just beautiful. <sighs> I can also、um, that scene in the season one finale. Actually, I guess just the entire、uh, second half of the season one finale.、Mm-hmm. I love how they change the colors based on the moon. <gasps> you are right. When, when the moon is gone, everything just black and white. Yes. But but when there's light, you can still see the colors、mm-hmm. showing through. 
And, and then also when it gets completely red, those, those look so cool. <laughs> so well done. <laughs> oh, and such a creative choice yes. also. Instead of just like using a darker sky or something. Mm -hmm. And um, that moment when Aang kind of falls into the spirit pool to, to merge with the ocean spirit, that, uh, that scene was so cool. I feel yes. like just yes. drops. And, and it's also kind of black and white, and he just kind of drops in the pool with a little ripple, and then starts going. Starts going up from the ashes, emerges. You're right. It's like the whole world is bleached of color, and it just portrays the importance of the moon spirit in a way that words cannot describe. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, so what major themes would, would you say there is in Avatar? Themes or philosophies? Mm -hmm. are, do they happen to be parts you agree and disagree with? Mm -hmm. Uh, so a lot of the things that I think of off the top of my head is like nature, right? You have to respect nature, the elements, because they are all in balance. Um, themes of like friendship, uh, loyalty, family, like what does it mean to do the right thing? There's a lot of that as well. Mm. Um, and there's also it's the interesting concept of how the avatar lives multiple lifetimes. Like I forgot the term for that. Reincarnation, perhaps. Yes, in it's the concept of like having past lives. Like obviously, we don't believe in past lives, mm -hmm. but it is interesting to see and observe how they incorporate that into the movie and the role that it plays. Because, like obviously, Aang's previous past lives are sources of wisdom for him. Like mm -hmm. he can gain insight from their experience what like Roku has gone through and he advises and helps Aang, what Kyoshi mm. has gone through and how her personality informs her choices. Mm. Like that moment when Aang is on the lion turtle and he doesn't know what to do and he's trying mm. to seek advice. And he's looking through his past lives for what they would have done. But ultimately at the end it's he who makes a choice, not his past lives, which is very interesting. But I I do like the themes of being well with nature. Mm. Like you have the waterbenders who live in the swamp and therefore oh. plant bend. Plant bend. <laughs> um, and how the water tribe, like what we were just talking about, they respect the moon spirits. And like without one, you cannot have the other. It is thrown off balance. Mm. And how Iroh is particularly sensitive to that and aware of that. I am a sucker for like the whole. Being one with, well, not one with nature, but going back to your roots, mm. um, not polluting the environment, how the Indians used to live, like they would mm. use every part and not waste. Mm. Uh, there is a respect towards nature and like stewarding resources well. Mm. And I think there is also some, quite a bit of that in every it car. Is. I enjoy those. And just friendship. Friendship. The power of friendship. I personally don't notice the nature themes as much, but you're right. Like now that you mention it, I, I really do see how it's always been part of the show. Mm -hmm. I guess for me, I see the theme of balance a lot, just always emphasizing on balance instead of maybe clear winning or losing. Mm -hmm. So like 
just how the Avatar's job isn't to beat the Fire Nation, but to restore balance, mm. and and how they decided that restoring balance also means restoring the Fire Nation instead of just like defeating it and making it supply all the other、yeah. nations, but also returning Fire Nation to balance.、Mm-hmm. And and also you mentioned a little before that. Um, balance means maybe accepting differences and embracing variety, like how Iro said, wisdom should be drawn from different places. And in the end, they really have different people coming together,、mm-hmm. not turning everyone into one kind of people under one kind of rule, but a great variety working together, and that is balance.、Mm-hmm. Instead of having no variety, that was pretty cool. It is really cool. I also really like how they, like when you're talking about it, I just remember the、um, Order of the White Lotus. Oh, <laughs> <yeah> . and <laughs> how that very much reflects, like in the movie, there's a lot of finding wisdom and power from unlikely places. So you have Boomy, who is so, so <laughs> a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 looks like he is a little off the rocker, right? <laughs>、yes. He looks like he, he's down to his last few brains, <laughs> but he's actually very wise in his own、mm. way.、And、like Uncle Arvo, you feel like you never take him seriously because he's always goofing around. He's never serious. He's always just buying, drinking his tea, but he's actually <laughs> majorly, <laughs> majorly powerful, and he has a better understanding of how the world works than most people like might give him appearance like credit for, just based off of his appearance. Yeah. Yes, like wisdom from unlikely places. Very. I love Avatar. The more we talk about it, the more I love it. There's <laughs> just so much to. Talk about it and like about.、It. Right, I know there are some debates over the finale.、Mm-hmm. Like some people view the lion turtle as kind of just very sudden, a little contrived,、mm-hmm. and some people believe that Ang should have killed Ozai.、Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the finale? What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I guess when I first watched it, I didn't really think about it. I、mm-hmm. think. I did feel the the lion turtle was a little sudden,、mm-hmm. but it didn't like interfere with my enjoyment. I still feel it was a very fulfilling, exciting finale overall.、Mm-hmm. And I think later when I thought about it,、um, I think I I like what they ended up choosing that aim. Gets to keep his air nomad philosophies and beliefs, so it's. A choice he made, and、mm-hmm. I guess kind of the universe chose to support him、mm-hmm. making that choice.、Mm-hmm. And whether he kills Ozai or not, it's not about Ozai, but、mm-hmm. it's about、um, what Aang chooses to、mm-hmm. do. And he was able to not have Ozai's death on his conscience while also just removing his power in a very effective way.、Mm-hmm. So I felt like overall I don't have problems with it, and、mm-hmm. I think it's it's important to Aang, and it's important that he gets to feel like he's still an Airbender and keep some of those lost culture with.、Him. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good way to put it. 
because I briefly mentioned how he looks to he can look to his past lives for their experience or their advice. Mm-hmm. But in this case, they had all just told him just kill mm-hmm. you just have to kill him. Even the airbender. Yeah. But I appreciate and respect that even though Aang is a kid mm-hmm. and all the people he's talked to are avatars who are like adults and they have far more experience than him. He still holds true to what he knows or believes to be the right thing to do. And we can say that Arab nomads are pacifists, you know, go to the whole debate. But we can't deny that Aang is very much somebody who seeks to make friendships and build bridges instead of burn them down, burning them down. Um, so I think it was very much in line with like the character for Aang to choose not to kill himself. I think it could have been a choice. Like, you know, one of those, you could have one of those classic Disney moments where he falls and disappears into the void, you know? <laughs> Conveniently dies, the kids don't see anything, you know? He's just gone. It's perfect. Like, they could have done that. But they stay true to, in all the episodes, Aang at, like, will face the conflict, right? He needs to figure out how he chooses to resolve conflict. And like what you said just now about, you know, when he's learning how to earthbend and how it's so hard for him. And it's just a minor blip, the stakes are low, but it's a small choice that contributes to the large story. Like him learning to face the difficulty instead of avoiding it plays out at the end of the movie when instead of just, you know, I'll give you to the authorities, I'll let the people choose what to do to you. Or like, I'll just decide later, I still don't know. He He makes up his mind. Before he finds Ozai, what he's going to do with Ozai. And he is confronting and facing difficult decisions and choosing a path that nobody else would necessarily take. Mm. When at the beginning, he might have just been like, I can't face him. I don't know what to do. I can't beat him. (laughs) That's such a good connection. I I don't think I fully made that connection about his growth before, but... Mm. It's like you said, it's him choosing to do something and committing to it. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And the white turtle is a little sudden, like, but it's one of those, uh, like, mystical avatar things that you don't really (laughs) question. (laughs) And it, but yet it is still in line with the world building. Mm. For there to be a huge lion turtle that is wise and spiritual from the beginning of the world. It's like the movie build-up has made it so that from the spirit owl guardian who guards the library to like the forest spirit who mourns for the death of his forest. It's like you have these like huge mythical creatures that inform how people make decisions in the world. And therefore it's not so completely unbelievable for there to be a gigantic lion turtle that appears out of nowhere. Yes. Yes. I thought the ending was good. Perfect. Oh, though, speaking of perfect, (laughs) let's move on to some reflections. What are some things you wished were explored more, or is there anything you would change about this show? That's a good question. Explored more. Maybe even not explored more, perhaps Mm -hmm. just spent more time on. Mm -hmm. Well... We have to accept that anything story-wise or movie-wise oftentimes cannot be perfect. Mm -hmm. There will inevitably be limitations 
or areas that are under-addressed because everybody has a different opinion. So no work will be perfect. So with that in mind, I feel like Avatar as a product or merchandise or like show production, it is quite able to stand on its own. There are no major weaknesses, no major flaws. So in that sense, I think it's quite well done. Mm. Now, do I wish there was like a continuation of what happens? Yes, I wish they had <laughs> gone, gone on and showed me what happens. How do they choose to rebuild the world? I wish they had shown me like what uh, the relationships are like between people as you know the Fire Nation is restored to balance with the rest of the world. It would have been fun to just have some normal like epilogue stories. Mm. Like, you know what. Now that they've saved the world, what do Katara and Sokka do now? Mm-hmm. What does Aang do now that he's saved the world? Like, where does he settle? It's like, I wish there could have been more. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see just like more of the day-to-day stories, more mm-hmm. storytelling now that the major plot point is over. Mm-hmm. I could have done more with just day-to-day life and seeing what they're like. Do they get to go back to being kids for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I haven't read the comics, so I, I don't know if that's addressed. Mm, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> oh, a, a little but but yes, I do feel like it stops just at a very good place. Mm-hmm. The the main story is mm-hmm. all wrapped up, mm-hmm. but would I would have loved to see more stories. There are also unanswered questions. What happened to <laughs> Zuko's <laughs> mother? <laughs> choose to do with Azula? Ah, uh, yes. It's like, there are very, definitely questions. Very difficult questions, too. <sighs> it's okay. <laughs> I think I personally would have liked to maybe spend a bit more time as a Western air temple just mm-hmm. during that period when they're preparing and the, the whole team is finally together. Yeah. I just enjoyed those interactions so much. I would have loved to see a bit more. Yes. It, like what you say, it's the day-to-day interactions. How did they interact with each other? What is the group dynamic? Top never got the future. <laughs> <laughs> You're right! <laughs> so, like, the, uh, for those of you who don't know, the series is like, you know, Katara goes off with Zuko on a field trip. <laughs> uh, Sokka and Zuko go off on a field trip. Does Aang and Zuko? Yeah, do Aang and Zuko? Firebending master. Oh, you're right, you're right. Aang and Zuko go off on a field trip. But Top doesn't. Yes. Basically, there could have been more and I wouldn't have complained. Me too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess if there's one thing I would have changed, maybe I would have preferred having less romance. Oh, just, between mean, who and who? I guess everyone. Because <laughs> <laughs> maybe like I do realize they incorporated as part of their characters and character development. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Aang and Katara, especially mm-hmm. Aang, they're all very young. Oh, that's and true. It, it doesn't seem as necessary to it's true. have a romance and Zuko and May. Maybe if they developed it a little bit, mm. or, or 
I guess it's more of a personal preference, but I felt like the friendships are much more compelling to me than the romance. You're right. I completely forgot about that. Because <laughs> it's almost like Aang is so young. It feels just like a crush. Does he yeah. even know what love means? Yeah. And you're right. Agreed. They could have completely removed the romance, and I feel like it wouldn't have hurt the show at all. Except for maybe May and Zuko, because you know, the mm. pivotal. I love Zuko more than I hear you. True. So, but the, I feel like they're a little bit older. But you're right. Egg is very young. Yeah. So, especially with for it to end with the kiss, <laughs> it felt a little awkward. <laughs> if it was a group hug. That would make more sense. That would make more sense. You completely forgot about the romance. (laughs) Yes, I agree with you there. Yes, the romance part is always making a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Secret tunnel. (laughs) Yes. What about Sokka, though? Although Sokka and Suki didn't feel as off for some reason. Maybe maybe because they... um, Yeah, why? (laughs) I guess it had been part of uh, Sokka's character development, right? With Yue and later on, there, there was a bit where, where they had to mm-hmm. kind of figure out what they mean to each other. And Sokka, well, not figure out what they mean to each other, but mm-hmm. Sokka like, coming to terms with loss and mm-hmm. also, yeah. Not sure what I was trying to say. No, I think, okay, so like, let's <coughs> go. It's his childhood love interest, and then he's older, and he's come back. Like, okay, alright, okay, we approve of the sure. Also, and, it was sudden. <laughs> it is sudden. Like, okay, if I'm, think about it. Like, alright, we understand for the character development of May, but if he's been a banished prince for how for many years? years? They haven't seen each other for three years, and he's, and he's like, Honestly, not that lovable. He's such a different person from when he left to when he came back. And have a lot of issues to deal with. Yes, and it's just like, I assume that May has been in the same environment the whole time. So it's like, and they weren't even dating before. Yeah, and then in the beginning of season three, just somehow. (laughs) Boom, they are dating. So, yeah, the more we talk about it, more it feels like the romance is kind of controlled. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit but I wonder if they incorporated it because I feel like especially in the west like they're introduced to the concept of like crushes and boyfriends and girlfriends at a much younger age it's true I even just play sense which is so weird it is <sighs> so, yeah no I, but I feel like they could have left that the romance it would be completely fine but I do appreciate that romance played as small of a role in their decision-making as it did. It was not a major factor, for the most part. That's true. I guess in, in most cartoon shows, they have like love interests for main character. So, I don't know. <laughs> I think what would have helped is... if you, Okay, so the major Sokka and Katara, they only have one parent. Yeah. Zuko, Azula, they really only have one parent. Yeah. Aang has no parents. <laughs> Top's parents are out of the picture. Suki's parents are never mentioned. There are maybe Iroh is the only parental figure in this entire show. Oh, like a good parental figure. Yes. Like 
Sokka and Katara's dad is great, but he's not there for most of the show. Yeah. And they haven't seen him in three years as well, right? Oh, two years, but still, it's a very long time. <laughs> so, so I feel like there could have been more if they replaced the romantic love with more of like a parent's like, good relationship, what a good relationship looks like between married couple or like between family, seeing a normal functioning family, that would be great. Just for even for comparison purposes. <laughs> is there anybody in the movie? In the show? With like a good marriage? Solid family? Solid family. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Me neither. <laughs> oh dear. The poor, the poor kids. <laughs> It is a war-torn world. It's true. So maybe they grow up faster. (laughs) More tragedy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there we go. Also, Avatar, after all, aired on Nickelodeon. And despite exploring many deep issues, it is still like aimed for children. So do you think this intended demographic at all limited its story is this something you would notice like you would say it is due to its child-friendly aspect i actually think a well-done children like story for children sometimes it holds more benefit and more truth than adult stories Mm. it's part of why i met quite a few years back i went through a phase where i read a lot of young adult fiction and I realized why I did that was because books for the younger ages are more geared about what does it mean to do the right thing. It's more about what it means to be a good person and doing the right and good thing even when it's hard. When the uh, fate of the world is at stake, do you choose to do the hard thing with your friends and try to save the world or do you just do whatever you think is best for yourself? And a lot of books for younger kids are geared towards that because they're building values and usually what we want to encourage our kids to learn. Whereas when you get to books for like teenagers and adults, a lot of it is about romance. Mm. And a lot of it is like, oh, who am I? Discovering yourself. Like, and it's also important to explore that because teenagers, we have a lot of, at that phase, you have a lot of confusion about your own identity. You're trying to figure out who you are, who you want to become, what values you choose. Uh, so it's more like self-discovery. And then for adults, oftentimes, it's a lot of drama. Mm. I feel like in a lot of the adult books, there's a lot of, again, it's a lot of romance or a lot of violence. And it's rare to find good. That's part of why I like adult fantasy so much. Like a good Mm. adult fantasy, like Lord of the Rings. Mm. It deals with the more complex issues of a more complex take on what does it mean to do the right thing. Like when you're Mm. hurt by everybody, when the world has betrayed you and you're trying to do things, the right thing has like landed you in trouble and has hurt all the people around you. Do you continue to choose to do the right thing? Mm-hmm. And so it's like just a further expansion on the original when you're a kid, what does it mean to do the right thing? Like that's why I like adult fantasy. It's still talking about values and morals and what is good and true in life. And that's what I love about kids' books, kids' mm-hmm. shows. Whereas a lot of the other adult shows, it's just drama, 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 drama. Fight, fight, fight. Mm. Blood, gore, horror. So I actually think that that's one of the strong points of Avatar, that it was geared towards children. 
because even though it was geared towards children, there are so many things that we as older people would still appreciate. Character development, world building, storytelling. We still love all of these. Yeah, I think that's a take I definitely agree with. Just a lot of people seem to think being more adult means more like uh, more bloody consequences or grim, dark, or like unhappy tones and stuff. But I really appreciate that. I mean, I don't notice that this is especially done because it's child friendly when I'm watching it.、Mm-hmm. Not unless like people are really looking for it and point it out. Yes, I feel like I appreciate something more, maybe light-hearted and humorous.、Mm-hmm. I enjoy it much better than if I'm watching a very, very expressly violent or、mm-hmm. just unhappy show. Especially if I'm watching it just to have fun, I'd rather watch something that's that still has meaning. Uh, like Avatar, but overall is like brighter and just a more fun all around.、Right? Yes, it's true. Like the fun factor is what captivates kids, but it's also entertaining、mm-hmm. when you're older.、Yeah. Yes, and I don't think even if it's meant for kids, it's not shallow. It's、mm-hmm. simple, but it's not shallow. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Jumping a bit back when when you talked about absent parental figures, I just remembered something I read recently that I thought was interesting. That there's, I guess, kind of a theory that a lot of children's fiction have children as heroes, very young kids saving the world and such. And maybe when you're older and you read them, you kind of wonder where where are their parents. The take I read is that. Children often feel powerless in a world surrounded by an adults, and maybe in stories for children, they don't want to see like adults solving problems、mm-hmm. or adults taking care of them. They want to feel like they have agency and they can be heroes.、Mm-hmm. So, I guess I found that a really interesting explanation for how in these stories you often just don't have parental figures. Yeah, that's true. It's true. If there are parental figures, it's less likely for the kids to have agency. And often, when you're a kid, you want to learn about all the things you could do. You want to live a life that you currently don't live. Go on an adventure with、yeah. the main character of a book. Defeat bad guys. <laughs> learn about all the yeah no, that's exactly it. Like all the potential adventures and things you could be doing, but we don't. And to know about all our potential,、mm-hmm. if I was put in that position, I think I could be brave and go do the hard thing. You're right. If there were parental figures, that's less likely, and that's also why, like in a lot of Disney movies, you know, it's the kids. Like you're just stopping me from following my dream. You're stopping <laughs> me from saving the world, or you're stopping me from pursuing what I love. Coco,、mm-hmm. Moana, or Lu Lu Luca. Oh yeah, look, they have parental figures, which is great, <laughs> but they often are misunderstood. It is rare to find a book where you have good parental figures, but also the kid still has to, who allow and support the kid to go off to do this thing that only the kid can do and parents can't.、Mm-hmm. What is your biggest takeaway from the show, or what does the show mean to you? Wow,、Oops. that is a big question. 
takeaway, what it means to Again, I'm a nostalgic person, so like I'll probably always love the show because it's so good. What it means for me. Hmm. I think I won't have one single takeaway, but it's more of a subconscious influence or like a small impression that over time will build up. It's like I will always remember as characters like Aang and Zuko, like an Iroh. Like the bits of wisdom that you learn from the show are what you remember because of the stories. When you remember the mm. stories, you remember the truth that they show, that they learn. Yes. And so I may not say, oh, I will always remember this character, and that's my favorite thing to win. And this show means the world to me because I grew up with it as a kid, because I did it. But I think I will always be encouraged by the messages of like the truths that the show portrays. Goodness, bravery, courage, loyalty. And it's really just hope, a message of hope that, you know, even in hard times, there can still be good people. And you can hold on to the hope that you had as a kid. When you become an adult, it's just life is not as full of wonder as it used to be, sadly. And so why I treasure shows like Avatar is that when I watch them, I'm reminded of what it was like to be a kid. Have hope and wonder, and all the potential of what the world could bring. Very much agree. <laughs> I think for me, because I watched it when I didn't have much experience with shows just then,、mm-hmm. it just completely changed my expectations for、yes! storytelling. <laughs> just when I really first finished it, I was、mm-hmm. just blown away. I was like, I didn't think stories can be like this. So. Complex and memorable and fun and creative, so I think、um, it probably changed what I expect from、uh, other shows. Yes, maybe a blessing and a curse. Your standards have been raised. <laughs> But I am also very much a nostalgic person. I think, like you said, I'll always remember having watched this when I was a certain age. And always be fond of it, and also the character stories. I do find myself, especially maybe a, a few years back, when still struggling much through much of the teenage years, that kind of feeling. I do find myself remembering the character journeys and finding them、uh, inspiring in their way. I guess, like for example, Zuko's "Never Give Up Without a Fight."、Mm-hmm. To find myself thinking about their journeys and maybe not trying to em- emulate them, but perhaps taking inspiration from them.、Mm. And again, Iroh's wisdom. So, so yes, those those are the things that stays afterwards. I guess it'll always be sort of a comfort show, probably just fun to watch and lifting spirits. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Right. So, like you mentioned,、um, the creators went on to make a lot of follow-up material set、mm-hmm. in the same universe, including graphic novels, novels, and Legend of Korra. So, you mentioned you haven't read the comics or the novels. Have you? 
I I have. I can talk about them. Are you interested? I would love to know, just like briefly, what are they about? What do you think of them? Do you think they're worth reading? In your personal opinion? Okay, the novels. I've only read the the two about Kiyoshi,、okay. and I thought they were okay, except. But they they add some interesting elements to the history of the Earth Kingdom, and also I guess how some world building works. Those were kind of fun. Though it was for all of those things, I would say I pretty much enjoyed them, and they were good. But they don't feel quite the same as the show. They're、mm. just not not quite on that level. And for the comics. We do get answers about Zuko's mom、Ooh! in one of the series. <laughs> if you're curious about checking them out,、um, I think for the comics, so there's five sets in total. The first set is about one year after the events. It's kind of about how they resolve the problem of the Fire Nation colonies in the Earth Kingdom, and it also leads into Korra a little with the. Formation of a place that would eventually become Republic City, and there's there's a bit of a a bit of a conflict between Zuko and the rest of the friend group in that, which it feels a little off. Like I've seen some people say that it it feels very out of character for them, but I haven't read the comics in a while, so maybe you have to judge for yourself. I guess.、Okay. For the second series is about Zuko's mom. I, I quite enjoyed that one overall.、Mm-hmm. We also see a little bit more about Azula, and then the third series is、uh, a bit more about Toph and Aang, and it is、um, a little about how benders and non-benders can work together,、mm-hmm. and the development of technology, but also how. The development of technology interferes with nature and spirits.、Mm. So, person, I really like the spirits that appeared in the comics. They they have that very otherworldly, awe-inspiring feel to them. <laughs> the fourth series is rather political about a lot of politics of Zuko navigating how to guide his nation、ah. and some complexities from that. But also about、um, like Zuko and May's relationship. <laughs> oh, and then the fifth one is about Katara and Sokka mainly. What they do afterwards, going back to help their South Pole, help their home, and having to deal with the changes that are happening at the South Pole because、uh, the North Pole sent a fleet to help them. So in that comic, we see more of、uh, what changes have happened、okay. since then. Okay, that's the gist of the comics. Interesting. Okay, wow. So personally, I I mostly enjoyed them. I guess I was just hungering for more、yes. material after <laughs> finishing. So although I'm not sure if I reread them now, I wouldn't think some parts are out of character or unreasonable. I I don't. Okay, I, it sounds like the comics could be worth reading, but the novels not so much. The novels, yeah, I guess if you're interested, you can. But if not, you don't have to. Yes. Although, because I have some issues with Korra's setting, I'm not sure I like the parts that lead up to Korra. That makes but sense. But that's just me. Yes, I. Korra. 
So it's, yes, it's a completely Clara. different. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts about Korra? Okay, so the first time I watched it way back in two thousand and when did Korra first come out? I think it ended in twenty sixteen. So okay, so the first season must have come out like two thousand fourteen. So I was still quite young. I think I think Cora was definitely meant for a more mature audience. Mm-hmm. Like one, the age of the main character is much older, so that's mm-hmm. already a key indication. It's meant for an older audience. And second, I just remember after watching it that it just felt so dark. Yes, especially season three. Is it? I have to be honest. I couldn't. I couldn't make it. Like after season one, I stopped watching. Oh really. I, and I feel that like season three, season two, like, and three are a bit better, um, but like season one, I couldn't. It was so hard for me to watch because it was so dark. Mm. Like the themes that I dealt with, it's completely different from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like Legend of Korra is its own ball game for like it feels like a more adult audience. Mm. And season two, they had, they changed the studio. I think so. Oh, the, the animation studio. Yes. So the art was really off and wonky. <laughs> so I couldn't make myself watch it. And by the time season three came out, I was already in the process of applying for college and mm. without watching season two and having a, like a lingering the dark emotions of season one. I just decided like to not watch season three. Mm. But I hear since then that season three is decent. So I've watched all four seasons. Okay, and I think season three is definitely the darkest. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that the directors are trying to explore more explicitly explore these complex um, issues and themes, and especially season. Three to four has a whole arc, I guess, about trauma and mm-hmm. also just mental recovery, etc. Oh, yeah. yeah, very intense stuff. And also, I appreciate they explore things like anarchy or mm-hmm. or different these philosophies. But what I find really hard to get over is just how different the world feels. I did not like how. Westernized everything. Yes. The people are wearing suits <laughs> with that haircut, and then the the whole vibe is like the nineteen twenties. Yes, cars and industrialization. Yes. It just it doesn't feel like the same world anymore, and and, yes. and also with the like sports stadiums and the, like the lights and it just. Giant statues of the mountains. It's a different era. Yeah, that that was mainly the part I I couldn't really invest in, and um, even if it's like seventy years in the future, I still mm-hmm. felt like I wish the creators made a future that seems more. Eastern, following all the yeah. Eastern influences Avatar had, right? They could just create something that's a bit more unique mm-hmm. instead of how, like, suits and industrialization, and also the themes they they keep talking about precedence and democracy, mm-hmm. which I felt like maybe, actually in like season three, I think 
there was one part where the the Earth King abdicated and、mm-hmm. decided to make the Earth Kingdom a democracy with elected presidents and stuff. And it just, I I guess it just felt much too Western even、yes. in the philosophies and government structure and everything. Yes, I feel like it lost definitely. Yes, it's so Western compared. Where would Western influence even have come from? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why? And also, I feel like the time is still too soon. They there was so much potential for like continuing to build a world that is so uniquely Avatar,、mm-hmm. but they decided to move it into like so called civilization and industrialized technology, and I think that's. Such a tragedy. Yeah, so sad. All the missed opportunities. I I love that you you're like caught up on the suits. <laughs> <laughs> I know they tried to put a Eastern take on it. Like their locomotives have like a more quote unquote Eastern style. Their suits and like formal clothing do have some Eastern influence. But it feels like it's originally Western with some Eastern. Yes. And I loved Avatar right for its balance of real and unreal. And Legend of Korra, it's it's gone. Like it's very much just okay. Here we go, civilization, technology,、mm-hmm. and yes, you have earth bending. Yes, you have water bending, and it's new types, but it's lost the beauty and the balance of all the possibilities that could be. Because now we know for sure, oh, this is just civilization. Yes, and also you're even just from the get go, you realize that it's a lot more. If you could have some commentary on like socio political from Avatar, in Legend of Korra, that feels to be very explicitly one of the、mm-hmm. primary themes. Yeah, it's not so much about the themes have gone from saving the world and what it means to be a good person and like friendship and loyalty and learning how to work with each other. It has and redemption. It has more become how do we stop. Evil. How do we conquer the fear within ourselves in an increasingly dark world? In this, all these subtle plays for power and authority.、Mm-hmm. It is no longer so simple as doing the right thing, but more of exploring the twisted intricacies of the evil of humanity. That's kind、mm-hmm. of what it feels like, at least in the first one. So, like that was hard for me to swallow, especially as a kid who loved. Kid movies because this is definitely more mature. Just the amount of fear involved, like、yeah. in Avatar, there is no, there is very little fear. Like even if it's fear, it's like okay, I'm going to be captured, or oh, I'm going to do something difficult and it's scary. I'm going to face a scary opponent. They're scared, but they're not necessarily fear. Like in Avatar, in Legend of Korra season one, there's fear of the unknown, fear of I'm losing my powers, fear of. Like who is this unknown power that's stealing people's like a part of people when you steal their powers? I just didn't like that.、Mm. It's definitely not for kids. It's not something I feel that I will become a better person after watching.、Mm. Personally, for me, I'm I might not have minded that it got so dark.、Mm-hmm. If they were able to explore it and develop it well,、mm-hmm. I think I would have. Be be quite interested in seeing、mm-hmm. how they deal with the difficult things and how the characters deal with the difficult things. That's true. That's true. But I think they just Legend of Korra just isn't as well written、mm-hmm. in general. 
and I don't feel like they explore the concepts well, mm-hmm. even though they're addressing these like bender versus non-bender issues, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et they they didn't come out of it with a better solution, like yes, better solution or mm-hmm. or insight. Mm-hmm. It kind of just happened, and it was dark and scary. But the characters don't grow as much from mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I think also, like you said, it's more very obvious commentary. So mm-hmm. it lost that element of fantasy. I think was it Tolkien who who really emphasized escapism, fantasy as like not all stories have to reflect the real world, mm-hmm. and and they could be about their own completely separate things, but you could still take from them. Messages and insights that you could apply to the real world. Yes, but Cora just felt a bit too obviously trying to add these difficult real world issues in it. Yes, and it lost that fantasy. I think that that is the difference in Avatar. It's like there is truth. You're finding the truths, like truths that you can take away. You leave learning truths and like okay, how to deal with situations better. There is resolution, there's conflict, but there's resolution, and you learn how to deal with it. But in Korra, it feels like it's just a commentary. There aren't as many truths to take away. You are shown the evil side of humanity, but you're not shown a good way to deal with it. There is not so much resolution. Like just for the example, at the end of season one, what happens to I forget I forget the name of the brothers, the bloodbender Amon. He just dies, and that's it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was. That was a really dark moment. <laughs> yes, and it's just like he. There is very little discussion of what is done with the people who are left behind. Mm-hmm. Like there is very little discussion of. It's not resolved well. Mm-hmm. We don't really get into further discussion of like okay now that he hasn't achieved his goal is there a change in character like thought? No, he just it's just they just get rid of him. And it's sad, and it's bitter, but there is no truth to take away from that. Korra regains her powers. That's great. Just suddenly connected to the spiritual realm, which for her is a breakthrough. But there is no change in belief. There is no change in conviction. It's just okay. I finally discovered my spiritual self. Yeah, that's it. So Korra definitely feels more an obvious commentary, but there's this good truth to take away. It's just like here are all the problems. And that's it. Your cartoon now reflects real life, and that's it. There's yeah. not even like here is your commentary of real life, and here are some possible good truths that we can take away to like help the world or improve ourselves or like these are some of the ways that we can make it better. No, it's just commentary. No solutions or thoughts, improvements provided, which I think is kind. Because you're right, there are movies and shows and books for adults, right?、Mm-hmm. It can deal with more complex things, and it can be done well. Because as adults, we have more complicated thought processes. Things are no 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 longer so black and white. There are a lot of greater decisions、mm-hmm. that is inevitable, and it's great if stories talk about that. But only if they deal with it well,、mm-hmm. right? Have you ever read Brandon Sanderson? So recently, he's on this series, The Way of Kings, and it、mm. is adult fantasy. It is like high epic fantasy.、Mm. And before that, he has another series called Mistborn, where the main character is a little younger.
It's a completely different world. But why I love his books and what got me hooked is that even though it's clearly for adults because it's a lot more complex um, and there's a lot more gray areas and gray decisions and like there's a lot of discussion of politics, like authority, who do we choose to be authority and who gives us the power to be authority, it is still done well. Like it is dark, there's a lot of bitterness and sorrow, but the journey that the character goes through and how he arrives at his final conviction is all done very well. Mm. That's why I love his books so far. But in Korra, nope. Like you say, yeah. there is not so much of a character arc. The change mm. is not as drastic, it's not as obvious, and the story is not done as well. I have read that part of it is kind of due to the studio because they don't they don't know how many episodes they're invited oh, okay, for, so they have to like make a contained story in thirteen episodes, mm -hmm. and then they're suddenly told they can make another. So mm -hmm. I think they they just don't have a big picture for it like they mm -hmm. did with Avatar. Mm -hmm. That was part of why. But yes, overall, it is just not as well written. But I do have friends who love Core. They love Cora. Like, they think she's the coolest person ever. And, like, she went through all these difficult things, but she still came out stronger, which is all true. But I think just compared to Avatar, it is it has fallen short. Yes, in seasons three and four, I think the characters do get a lot more likable. Mm -hmm. And overall, the writing has definitely improved. But it, it doesn't quite have the same magic for me as Avatar. Did. Agreed. Like, all that it could have been, all the possibilities and yeah. the potential, but... And also, uh, I remember the bending, they just made it all look more like modern <laughs> martial arts and like, fighting and stuff. Instead they lost of the roots. old moves, yeah, the beautiful moves. But yeah. it is interesting that they incorporated more like, bending styles. There's like, or they broke it down a bit more. There's more of the blood bending, there's more like sand bending, earth bending, metal bending. Like it's become a lot more varied and more common, which is like interesting. Also, I guess kind of makes sense because during the during the original show, you see immense progressions already being made, mm -hmm. a lot of them by our main characters, like tough and metal bending. And I guess there's always that aspects of war, which... Um, most technologies. I guess even in Avatar, they were beginning to get technology, like the mm. airships, the tanks, submarines. I guess because those are all bender powered. Right? Mm -hmm. They still feel enough uniquely Avatar. Yes. I guess like it was good that they discussed like discuss more about benders and non-benders because inevitably that is a very key part of their world. So that could have, again, is an important thing that could be discussed and should be discussed, but just wasn't executed exceptionally well. Yes. Mm -hmm. You haven't watched season two, but in season two, they kind of dive into more of the spirit world and the origins of the Avatar. Yeah. I, I watched some of these, and there was oh. more Lion Turtle and then the original. Yeah. I didn't really like that, but I think it's just personal preference. Mm -hmm. I kind of preferred for the existence of the Avatar to just be part of how the world works instead mm -hmm. of there's like an actual person being Avatar. I think what bothered me is not that, it's not really that the Avatar had an origin, 
What really bothers me was the unnecessary binary that the creators established through the concepts of Rava and Vatu. Like we have Rava, who's the spirit of order, and Vatu, the spirit of chaos, and both are locked in an internal fight. And supposedly, if Vatu was let loose on the world, the world would fall into ten thousand years of chaos, and people would suffer. And then, so the first avatar becomes the host, the avatar of the spirit of order, and they successfully fight and imprison the spirit of chaos for ten thousand years. I feel that this setting fundamentally changed what the avatar was depicted as in the first show. In the first show, we get the sense that he is the world spirit. He is the keeper of balance. He is the bridge between the humans and the spirit world. But then, by associating the avatar with the spirit of order, the creators is suddenly setting up this idea that balance equals order, balance equals light, and balance equals goodness. Which is a very Western understanding of yin and yang, or order and chaos, all these、um, opposing forces. The Eastern understanding is that order and chaos, light and dark, etc., act with each other, push each other, and make each other grow. The optimal state of the world is a balance where. Both forces are present in the correct amounts. It's not a moral thing where light is better and dark is worse. Cora presents us with this very Western idea of balance, which felt wrong to the Avatar world because the first show managed its Eastern philosophical influences quite well. Since Eastern philosophies were so core to the first show. Cora changes the avatar, using a perspective that feels antithetical to what the avatar world was. And I think this setting brings down the original, complex and fresh concept of the avatar,、uh, following a very Eastern lens, and kind of lowers it down to a conventional Western lens that's already very widely seen in different media. And also, the spirits—they made them a lot less otherworldly,、mm. more just、Human. like pets—not <laughs> pets, but just <laughs> yes.、Uh, they don't feel the same. Too soft and cuddly. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the same. Presence and awe-inspiring factor. Like、mm-hmm. even though it was, some of them were very eerie. It、mm-hmm. set them apart, and like was clear that the spirits were not things that you messed with. You respected them.、Mm-hmm. There were things of respect. Whereas you're right, and this and 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 Cora, they're like cuddly bunnies with wings. Animals like. So funny. <laughs> The spirit world would have deteriorated with the advancement of technology because people would have grown less connected with nature.、Mm. But it just got more bloomy and pink and flowery, bunny. <laughs> They're also flowering in the flashbacks, which was surely they were different back in the old ten thousand years. So I think they detracted from the original vision. 
speaking of the future of Avatar, did you know that the creators made an Avatar Studios and were projected to make more shows and movies? <laughs> like I, I think there's one coming out like supposedly about Aang and friends, and supposedly about Zuko, like maybe. Follow up to more closely to the end of the show. Do you have any opinions on this future direction, or do you think should there even be a future direction? Like, as my face shows, I'm very conflicted. Like, on one hand, I want to be so excited because, like, yes, we love Avatar, but then on the other hand, I'm so hesitant and reserved and like doubtful because and skeptical because of Korra, and it's so easy to mess up. Like you can make something new. It's easy to make something new, but to continue something that was already very good is difficult, especially because expectations are so high. Yes. And secondly, because nowadays most movies are pressured to incorporate politically correct things or comment on like the racial tensions in the U.S. or like even just politically, you know, I feel like shows do not always have to comment on those. It's just I just really really hope, because there is a very high risk that that might end up happening to whatever it is that the Avatar Studios produce. For me, I think those things, of course, they're worthy topics、mm-hmm. to discuss. But if all the fantasy stories like they're making now, they all have some elements of that. I just feel like it's it breaks my immersion、mm-hmm. very effectively. <laughs> yes. If it's supposed to be a fantasy story, you would expect things、mm-hmm. to be very different from the modern world. Yes. And if you keep bringing the modern issues into a this different world,、mm-hmm. then It's going to feel too similar. It's like the hope is that they will be able to continue focusing. Like, okay, these are all the things we need to talk about. Let's incorporate them and come up with a story that will hold all these things we need to mention. Versus, let's find a good story and tell about. I just wish more creators can like tell a story they want to tell and tell it well. No, no matter what themes it discusses or doesn't discuss. All these pieces of great art, including I'm not sure if you agree with me on this, but like the Lord of the Rings trilogy,、mm-hmm. the movies,、mm-hmm. and also Avatar, they really are once in a lifetime, or they are unique. Like they need this specific time period,、mm-hmm. specific mindset, and specific team of characters to realize. It's just pretty much impossible. To follow up on that kind, because now it's been it's been years, right? It's fifteen or more years、mm-hmm. since the show came out. The creators have changed, and not everyone in the original team is going to come back. The writers may be different. I'm also hoping it's good,、mm-hmm. but I'm very skeptical about how good it can really be. Yes. And perhaps it would be mistaken to expect it to feel the same as the original, which is then sad because you're making it as a sequel to the original. I think that's true. There are times when you cannot intentionally say we're going to make a classic. You can't. They just happen. Sometimes the unique combination of people that you put together makes something that blows the world away because it's one of the first. Most iconic of its time. I think it would be unfair to hold the same expectations 
for whatever it is they create, I guess it would be better to just hope that whatever they make is good and not like hold on to hopes of it being good as a sequel. You're right. Something's just, it's not the same. They're also making a live action adaptation. <laughs> Your expression. <laughs> no! industry needs to understand that not everything needs a live adaptation. Unfortunately, I don't think <laughs> I think they're running out of new creative things to come up with. Mm. So they just adapt. And also because new creations are risky. Companies just, they don't want to support them because they don't know they'll succeed. Yes. It's a sad state for us. Yes! This is what happens when we, and this goes into like the whole cinematography and like politics and like capitalism, but this is what happens when big companies are in charge of movies versus like small companies that are more focused on creators when profit becomes the goal instead of telling a good story. That's why I miss the old studios like Lilo and Stitch, Brother Bear. It's, there is such a love for life and excitement and enthusiasm about life portrayed in those films. It's just so genuine. And mm-hmm. there is no like, ooh, let's make it a sequel. It's mm-hmm. just like, it feels like people are just flexing their creative muscles. Let's see what something good we can create. I also like Avatar because of the, it feels pretty balanced between girls and guys. There is no focus. Like, it is not the focus. Gender is not the focus. It is incorporated, but not the focus. It is discussed as part of the water tribe culture and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, explicitly. And somehow that actually makes it more powerful, I think. Just girls mm-hmm. can be all of those things. You, you don't even have to directly force the message or push it and state yeah. it. That is the importance of storytelling. Because we accept things in stories that we may not accept if people told us this is the way things should be. That's a very, very insight. This has been so good. I enjoyed it so much also. This was really fun. Yes, so that was our final question. Thank you so much for the conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning into Thought Jar. (laughs) 